What is going on, good people? DeRay here, and I wanted to drop you a quick message to let you know that it's happening. It is happening. We are reopening doors for the motivated seller method. Now, if you don't know what this is, this is my step-by-step implementation program. Every detail to create and build out your real estate business so that you can start cash flowing and earning big assignment checks so that you can quit that job and live a life by your design. This is only the second time that we've opened doors to MSM, the Motivated Seller Method. And I just wanted you to mark your calendar for September 16th, because that is when the doors officially open for MSM. And the thing is, last time I closed the doors to MSM, we got a ton of emails from everybody who wasn't able to get in, who missed the opportunity. Even after I sent like five, six, seven emails as a reminder, So I wanted to mention it here at the beginning of this episode to make sure that you put it on your calendar. I don't want you to miss out on this opportunity. Doors are again going to be open for a limited time, right around one week. But if you get in early, you'll get access to all of my bonuses. And trust me, this launch's bonuses are worth the investment themselves. So mark it on your calendar. Head over to beforethemillions.com forward slash MSM. And get added to the wait list so that I can remind you a few days before September 16th that we're getting ready to open doors again. Again, that link is beforethemillions.com forward slash MSM. Are you ready to be the master architect of your life? Are you ready to design your business and invest the needs that create the lifestyle you've always dreamt of? Are you ready to learn from entrepreneurs and millionaires who have achieved a certain level of success? Hey, this is Derek, location-independent entrepreneur, and you are listening to the Before the Millions podcast. Hi, I'm Gina Lofton. I am an investor, and you're listening to the Before the Millions podcast. Hey there, my name is Heather Havenwood, marketing coach and global entrepreneur. And you are listening to the Before the Millions podcast. Hey, this is Mark Asquith, the host of the 7-Minute Mentor podcast, global entrepreneur and all-round geek. And you are listening to the Before the Millions podcast. I am MC Lobster, the cash flow ninja, and you're listening to Before the Millions podcast. You're listening to the Before the Millions podcast. Whether you're looking to invest for cash flow or build an online business that allows you to be location independent, you've come to the right place. Mr. Hollywood himself presents the Before the Millions podcast. And now your host, DeRay Olalaye. What is going on, good people? Welcome back to a brand new installment, installment 169 of the Before the Millions podcast. I'm your host, DeRay Olalaye, and I'm super, super excited for today's show. I'm actually headed out to catch a flight to Miami, uh, and then I will be headed to Cancun, Mexico. So so by the time this episode drops, I will be back in the beautiful city of Cancun. And I say back because I've spent um, about a month already this year in Mexico, and I'm headed right back. I cannot stay away. So I wanted to drop this episode for you guys, and... This episode is an excerpt pulled out of our Facebook group. If you're not a part of that group yet, it's beforethemillions.com forward slash group. But this episode is an excerpt pulled out of our Facebook group to really help you guys who are a little bit more seasoned investors and you're looking for money for your deals, or maybe you're 
a real estate agent or a property manager or a hard money lender, and you're just looking for more clients. So this episode is going to be all about exposure. And again, it's for those seasoned investors who have their business built and they're looking to take it to the next level. They, they know that with more clients or with more money, that the sky's the limit. So on today's episode, we're going to talk about a specific way that you can get more exposure and take it to the next level. That way, by the way, is being interviewed on shows, on social media, on YouTube, on podcasts like this to get your name out there, to begin to raise money for your next deal or to, again, bring in more clients. Again, this is a little bit more of an advanced topic for those of us who are looking to scale. But I think that if you're just now starting out in your journey and you're listening to this episode, you definitely want to take notes because these are the things that you can start to put in place now. You can start to think about how these platforms can eventually serve you in your business. So again, it's a fantastic episode. So I just took out the instructional part and I placed it in this episode because I believe that that's what will be most beneficial for you guys. But I know some of you guys are going to want to watch the entire one hour video. Just join our Facebook group over at beforethemillions.com forward slash group. There's a ton of content in there. We're dropping videos every single week. Uh, I think last week I dropped a video on how to make sure that your real estate business makes 10 grand every single month. It's an absolutely must watch. So if you're not a part of the group yet, definitely join the group. And if you're brand new to this community, in order to become a tribe member, you have to do two things. You have to subscribe to this show. Make sure you're subscribed and it would be super helpful if you left a review. And then you have to go add yourself to our Facebook group. So once you do those two things, you're a part of the tribe and you get access to all our goodies, all our Q&As, all our freebies and everything else that we have to offer. So that link again is beforethemillions.com forward slash group. And I'm super excited to get into this show because this is something that, quite frankly, is going to help a lot of us who've been so accustomed to networking in person and really limiting our potential. Especially during this pandemic, I think this episode will help a lot of us who've been used to networking in person and maybe getting new clients in person. And now we have to kind of adapt to doing everything online. Well, here's a step by step to help you get more exposure, help you get on more interviews, help you get on more podcasts, maybe even come on the Before the Millions podcast. Who knows, right? I mean, we've been doing this for three plus years and there are plenty of guests, and I kid you not, who come on the show. And then they later reach back out to me in a month or two months or three months, and they want to deposit some money in my account because one or two of my listeners became an investor in their deal. So that's how powerful this stuff can be. So really, really listen up. So really, really listen up. Whether you're experienced or you're a beginner, you're going to get a lot of takeaways from this episode. DeRay's Tip of the Week. So the motivated seller method is not about a specific strategy. It's not about getting 70% of ARV. It's not making sure that you force the seller to take your lowball offer or even it's actually not even about your strategy whatsoever, whether it's to get more rentals so that you can quit your job, whether it's to put 5, 10, 20K in your pocket through assignments or to just invest your money passively. I created the motivated seller method so that we can do more deals by actually serving these sellers. Now, I realized a long time ago that every time I made a, a lowball wholesale offer, I would offend or turn off a seller. And, you know, I would play the numbers games to really close my deals. I would know that, hey, I have to piss off a lot of people to, to eventually find those few select people who have a dire enough instance where my solution is heaven sent for them. So when I created MSM, I wanted to flip that on this axis. I wanted, I felt as though I wasn't helping everybody that I could. I felt as though I was just serving myself and there was no way to really 
help the sellers who a lowball offer didn't quite frankly just fit with their goals. It fit with my goals. So when I came out with MSM again, I wanted to change this entire dynamic and I wanted to learn if there was a way that I can serve a seller this way, I can still do my lowball wholesale deals. But for the sellers who that didn't particularly fit their scenario, I had other options for them. And there's a whole lot that goes into figuring out a seller's motivation and how to craft an offer perfect for them. But if and when you decide to get MSM the course, you'll realize that there are many strategies that we use to pay full price for property. Now, imagine just walking up to a seller. Everybody's making lowball offers to them and you come here like, hey, I can offer you full price. You immediately pique their interest. So these are the type of strategies that we started implementing way back when and started doing way more deals with the same amount of traffic because we were able to open up and listen to what the seller had going on and then mold our strategy to make sure that we got them to their desired outcome. Again, more info on this over at beforethemillions.com forward slash MSM. But I wanted to go through the psychology of a motivated seller. And this is something that, that I teach vastly on because there are four types of sellers. And starting now, you're not going to really know how to cater to these four types to make sure that you get a deal done. Again, taking the standpoint that you're a wholesaler or taking the standpoint that you just buy rentals, you're forcing the seller to look at your terms and either say yes or no. Whereas what we do in MSM, we approach the seller, we ask them everything that's going on with their situation, and then we go back and we find a solution that helps them get out of that. There's a big difference. But oftentimes, just even talking to these sellers can be daunting, can be scary, and you may not know how to rebut or how to counteract. So these nuances are huge. And I wanted to teach people exactly how to interact with these sellers so that you do close deals. You know, many people get leads, but not everybody closes their leads. So one of the things that we start off with is just understanding the four types of different sellers. You know, you have that aggressive, that that assertive seller. You know, their, their volume is a little bit louder than the average person. And they often try to use aggression to hide their weaknesses, right? When they, especially when early, especially earlier on when they're interacting with you, they tell you things like I'm looking for two hundred thousand dollars rather than can you make me your best offer? And then you have the emotional seller. This seller is somebody who maybe inherited the property from a loved one who may have died and they have a, maybe they have a lot of sentimental value attached to the property. So this seller is not really worried about money, but, or, but maybe they're worried about legacy or preserving the property the way it is. Unlike the aggressive seller, these sellers don't make decisions quickly. They want to establish rapport. And then you have the analytical seller. Those people who they love facts. They love data. They love figures. And they're often no nonsense type of people as well. So don't give them a flowery pitch. Don't tell them what life is going to be like after they're able to sell their home. Get straight to the facts. Get straight to the weeds, straight to the details, how much money they're going to make, when they're going to get their money by. And have everything written out and added up correctly. And then you have, last but not least, the expressive or the easygoing seller. Right? This person is just going to say yes to a lot of things. Like, yeah, that sounds good. Or, you know, yeah, 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 I think that'll work. And, you know, oftentimes they're so easygoing. And now they tend to be people pleasers, but don't be fooled. Because oftentimes at the closing table, that's when they become super expressive. Or that's when you may have said something offhand. That should be in the negotiations or should be in the contract. And 
now it's not in there or it appears as though you're reneging, well, that's the end of your relationship with an expressive person or a quote unquote easygoing person. With these four personality types, you have to know what you're dealing with and you have to match their energy. So with the aggressive person, you're not going to be rude. You're not going to be abrasive, but you're going to stand your ground, right? You want to match their energy. So again, I wanted to run through these really quick because I thought it was fascinating for a lot of you guys who are doing this on your own. And again, all of this is an MSM. This is what I teach. We get down to the core principles of how to convert a lead, aka a motivated seller into cash. So that was super fun. I hope that helps. Let's get to the show. This episode is brought to you by PropStream. Oh, before PropStream. Before PropStream, I struggled with subpar list providers that overcharged. Wasted gas going to the county courthouse only for them to run out of CD-ROM copies of this month's liens list. I wrongly estimated repair costs or just simply lacked the access to the MLS that I truly needed to get deals done. I mean, it was a nightmare networking with realtors hoping to get access to their software. To make things worse, I did marketing on a bunch of different platforms, all of which, by the way, came with the monthly costs. And I would grab my CD-ROM, I would head home, I would convert it, I would upload the list to a skip trace service, and then a ringless voicemail service, and then a postcard service, and so on. Wasting hours and missing potential deals. By the time I was finally in a position to talk to a seller, my leads were stale. And I had to start over again since I wasn't able to get real-time updates of properties that sold or were taken off the market. Lots of real estate investors are in this position and lots of real estate investors are losing. Last year, I specifically brought PropStream specialists in-house to revamp our lead generation systems and it was instantly a game changer. Not only is PropStream one system that houses all my leads and is updated in real time, but this system has MLS level data even in non-disclosure states like Texas, where I invest. So now we run our own comps, our own rehab estimates, our own title searches, all of this in one app. Yes, one single app. And here's the kicker. That just scratches the surface of the power of this app. We also generate all of our leads lists with this app, from pre-foreclosures to bankruptcy and tax liens, by by county courthouse. And then once we have those dynamic lists, we can also use PropStream to market to those leads with postcards, email marketing, voice drops, and they even throw in unlimited number of landing pages so that you can have a site up and running in less than three minutes. Obviously, something like this should cost easily hundreds or thousands of dollars, but for less than $100 a month, you could own the most powerful real estate tool that I've probably ever seen. For the listeners of this show, make sure you head over to beforethemillions.com forward slash deal. That's D-E-A-L, beforethemillions.com forward slash deal for a few dollars off of your monthly subscription. I went from seven different apps to operate my business down to two once I made the switch to PropStream. And more than anything, really, it's provided me and my team with more clarity and peace of mind. That link again is beforethemillions.com forward slash deal to gain access to the all-in-one real estate tool that'll transform your business. And now your feature presentation. Well, you got to think about it. If you're in your local space, you know, you're at your local RIA, it's going to be a small group of say 20 to 30 people. Let's say, as an example, you're a hard money lender and you know, you have that group of 20 to 30 people. 
Well, now you can go on to a podcast such as, you know, years before the millions. And now you're speaking to, you know, a thousand people, 10,000 people, and your network is going to expand a lot more quickly and rapidly. So you've gone from speaking to the local groups, to the local people in your area, to basically speaking to all over the US and then even, you know, for the international podcast, and you're just broadening your customer base as well. And that's why I think that exposure really comes in because you're not limiting yourself just to those people around you. And then going along with that is, you know, just networking with other real estate investment hosts is just something I find that a lot of people find super beneficial. You're able to connect with those like-minded people different than people that are in your part of the country. If you're a real estate investor in California, it's going to be totally different than if you're a real estate investor in say Kansas city, the two mindsets are going to be totally different. But if you can hop on an interview and talk over your different ideas and, and bounce that sort of off each other, I just find that's going to be super beneficial. So I really just think it comes into that networking play and then really being able to expand your your story, what you're talking about, what you're offering as uh, more than just in your local area. Absolutely. You know, I, it's interesting when people do interviews, you know, you kind of said that, hey, get on interviews. And I know where we're going with this, which is podcasts, but get on interviews to get more exposure, which is right. Absolutely. Like, you know, you you may have a reach of 10 or 20 people in your local area. And then, you know, you magnify that uh, once you get on a podcast, right? And the interesting about the internet these days is most social media platforms, like if you do an interview on Facebook Live or Instagram Live or whatever, most social media platforms are designed to get you as many clicks and views early in the process. Like as soon as you, as soon as you, you know, you go live or as soon as you post it, like it wants to show your stuff to as many people as possible, but quickly within the first hour or some platforms after the first day or three days or first week, that information is no longer relevant. Mm -hmm. Nobody's searching for that. Nobody's looking for that, right? So again, the way social media is designed for the most part is to get a whole bunch of clicks and traffic in the very beginning, and then it kind of wings off. But in the space that we're in, you know, it it reminds me of YouTube. Mm -hmm. Because YouTube is a social media network, but it's also a search engine. So in essence, you often see that videos on YouTube, they increase in shares they increase in views over time and i feel like the podcasting space is the same way i don't know how many people have told me Dre, i'm going back to listen to episode one and i'm starting from there and i'm going all the way up so when it comes to this content i'm just adding more fuel to your fire when it comes to this content it's just like dude if you're doing interviews on podcasts and youtube that's evergreen content i'm, I'm still getting affiliate checks from 2017 <laughs> Right. So the opportunity is absolutely massive. No, I think that just going into the evergreen content, when you think about it, if you're a real estate investor and you're going out there and, and you're wanting to write a blog post thing, but that's probably going to take, you know, a really good one, maybe four to five hours. Plus you're probably going to have to update it if, if certain concepts come out where, you know, if you do an interview, you, you know, you, you know, maybe spend 10 minutes on prepping and then you spend another 30 to 40 minutes during the interview. And then you spend another hour, you know, creating content out of that interview. So that's what, two hours invested where you can have that sort of evergreen content versus a blog post where you, you might have to update if there's new rules and regulations are coming out and that sort of thing where I just love podcasting because it is that sort of evergreen content again, you know, as you mentioned, like YouTube as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. So let's talk about, let's get into the next phase. Let's talk about who this is for. Remember, I feel like a lot of people are like, oh, I'm not ready for that yet, or this is not for me, or maybe I don't need that. I'm way past that. Right. I mean, there's so many different types of, you know, levels and, and all of that when it comes to real estate investors and real estate professionals, right? Because it's not just for investors. I mean, you mentioned hard, hard money lenders, right? So let's talk about who this could possibly be a good fit for. I think it comes to real estate investors 
who have that experience, you know, they're not someone who just started out investing, usually someone that has probably five to 10 years of experience and beyond where if they were to go on these podcast interviews and get interviewed, they would have that experience where they'd be able to, you know, share stories, share their expertise, and then so on. And really, as a real estate investor, what are you looking to achieve? Are you looking to just stay in your local area? Or are you looking to expand? And we find that real estate investors, where if they're raising money for their syndication fund, it's going to be a perfect fit. If it's someone that has a turnkey rental business, if it's, it's going to be a perfect fit. If it's someone that does property management, a good fit. But if it's someone that's doing fix and flip, it may not be a good fit unless they're going on there you know, and starting their own podcast. And then again, trying to find those hard money lenders who are probably going to fund their deals. So really just looking at what you're looking to achieve as a real estate investor. Are you someone that needs you know, money? Are you someone that's looking for more clients in your business? Exactly what are you looking to achieve? And I think that's really what real estate investors should be looking at. Because again, not every real estate investor, you know, there's obviously so many different types that are out there and not everyone is going to be a fit. But one, if you're just looking to raise money or if you're really looking for new clients, I really think those are the types of real estate investors where it would be a fit for them going out there and then getting themselves on podcasts. Absolutely. And I like how you gave us two specific, very specific um, examples of who it's for and who it's not for. So again, if you are an investor or a real estate professional, looking to get more clients, it's absolutely essential that you get more exposure and do things like podcasts. If you're looking to raise money for your deals, it is absolutely essential. Now, again, going back to the fixers and flippers and some of the other investors, they may not be a good fit for, and that's why it makes so much sense to just kind of understand what your ultimate goal is. Mm -hmm. Understand what your ultimate goal is by getting more exposure, by starting a podcast, by doing anything. Once you start from the ultimate goal, I think everything just kind of flows. Trevor, let's, let's get into the how we should go about getting more exposure. But I've never done anything on social media before. I'd say number one thing is to get a website. And they don't even have to be as expensive as you think. Even for our website that we designed for our company, we, we went on Upwork. We found a freelancer to basically code the entire website, put it all together for $400. We've had people put together a website for clients of ours. I haven't had a website for $200. So it's not that much of a cost. And I think it's going to be super beneficial when someone says, Oh, can I go to your website to learn more about yourself? And then you, then you can just send them to your, you know, to that website to learn more. So definitely having that website up. And then two, once you have that website, it's just having that about information up, you know, what have you done? What have you achieved? And that's basically your accolades if you're putting your resume on your website. So people can just learn more about yourself and just really having that there first. And then once you have that website up, then I find it to be beneficial to then go starting to reach out to get yourself on podcasts. Because once you have that website up and once you start to get on your podcasts and having your interviews, once they go live, you can create a section on your website called podcast appearances where you can start to list every interview that you've gone on. So let's say that you have a prospective person coming to you that you know, heard you on a podcast, but doesn't really know too much about you, but wants to learn more about you, they could go on your website and say, oh, so-and-so was on 10 podcast interviews. Let me go check him out on this different show. Oh, you know, this is a good tidbit. Let me listen to him on, on this interview. So that's just a place to put your interviews that you've done. So really just starting off with that website, and then you can graduate onto going onto those podcast interviews. And the way that we recommend doing it is there's tools out there most people think just going to iTunes and type in real estate investing, but that's not what we recommend. We recommend the website called listennotes.com. And it used to be super cool. Everything used to be free. Unfortunately, they have a paywall behind it. And I believe it's $100 a month. But 
you can use it and it's super beneficial. You can type in the keyword real estate investing and then you can actually search, search by date so you can get the podcast that released an episode the latest. And then the cool thing is, is with the paid version as well, it gives you, you'll see like a little email mark and you can click on the email and it'll show you the most relevant email for you to use to contact that podcast host. And it's just going to speed up your time. And then again, with Listen Notes, you can even export a list of shows. You could pay $50 for an entire list of real estate investing shows that had an episode that went out, say, within the last month, along with all that contact information. So you have like that list right there for you to go out there and for you just to work off of. So I definitely recommend using Listen Notes as that tool for you to really research and find shows for you to get yourself booked on. And then once you have those shows, then it's just coming up with your pitch. And I don't want people to be you know, overzealous or think it's super hard. All it can be is just, a, you know, a couple sentences or two and saying, Hey, so-and-so, you know, I came across your podcast. I thought I saw you were speaking to multifamily investors. I do multifamily investing myself. This is what I do. This is the value that I think that I'd be able to provide to your audience. Please let me know if you'd like to have me on as a guest and can just be something as small like that. It doesn't have to be super intrinsic. You can work on it over time, but just to get it out the door. And then going along with that is you probably want to have a one sheet. And a one sheet is basically like a resume, but just more nicely drafted and designed. And you can use, we use a company for our clients called Fiverr. And on Fiverr, we can get a really nice professionally designed one sheet for $25. So again, it's really just, it's not that much money to really get yourself started and to really start building that brand for yourself, building your logo, building your just personal brand for you to go out there and then get on these podcasts. Absolutely. And I love how you break things down so succinctly, Trevor. Absolutely amazing. There's so much value in what what Trevor just said. So guys, go back and rewind and make sure you've captured all of that, especially listen notes, because um, I, I've been podcasting for a while and I know the tedious process of going through iTunes and, you know, searching people one by one guys, this, this information is not, and some of you guys are just new to the, and that's, that's the beauty of like, you know, as things progress, like we become more efficient and the processes get better and things like that. So people who are just not jumping in that they may think this is some hard stuff. No, this is actually, this is great. This is amazing. So I'm glad you're sharing this knowledge. We know who, who this is for. Okay. A little bit more experienced investors who want clients and who want money. We know that they, they at least need to have been in the game for a little bit and it's best to go about building your, building your website, building your authority, um, getting featured on a few podcasts and um, getting your one sheet up and then start pitching any tools or you've, you've kind of gave like us the best one listen notes, but any other tools or softwares that you can maybe think that'll help in this process, maybe like a calendar or a scheduler or something like that. Any other tools or softwares that you think is, is probably necessary for the average individual? Yeah, I think one that we use is called hunter.io. And basically for hunter.io is you can plug in any domain name and it'll come up with the best email address associated with that. And the reason I say that is not every email address you find on Listen Notes is going to be perfect. And some of them, you know, you might get a bounce back, especially if the show is older and the emails have been changed. But if you just basically copy and paste the domain name into hunter.io, it'll usually pull up the best email address for you to use. It doesn't work 100% of the time. It probably works 50% of the time, but it is a great resource that we use. And the cool thing is, is that I believe there is a paid version, which is $50 a month, but for the free version, you can do 60 searches a month into domains to see and find that best email. So I definitely recommend using hunter.io and then checking that out. And then when it comes to podcasts, you know, it might be plain and simple, but just using a simple Google spreadsheet 
And the, well, that way you can go in, you can say, you can list out 20 different podcasts. You can say, you know, on August 20th, I contacted these 10 shows. I heard back from three of these shows. I know I have to follow up with these next seven shows in the next week. And then once you follow up, you'll find out, you know, there might be another two or three shows that get back to you. Not everyone is going to say yes to you. I, I guess I should say that right away. I don't want to shatter people's expectations. Not every host. <laughs> I, was just, I was just going to say we're going to we're going to we're going to uh, you're spilling right into our next uh, question, which is perfect. So I'll, I'll let you run away with it. But I, let me give you let me give you guys a preface. I want to talk about metrics. I want to talk about results and what to expect, especially for starting out. I don't know if those numbers were 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 um, were averages because if they were, then that sounds pretty good. But if you're making if you're making ten offers and you're getting on three podcasts, I think that's that's a win, right? Yeah, but what we find is usually it varies. So you can look at, we sort of categorize podcasts. You have your small, medium, and large shows where your large shows, you know, like a bigger pocket show. Then you have, you know, your medium shows. I and mean, the smaller shows might be someone that, you know, launched three months ago. They're still worth going on. They still have a decent following. They're just not as long, not as many people know about them. So usually if you're trying to get on those large shows, the conversion rate is probably going to be 5 to 10% because you can imagine every single person that wants to be on real estate investing podcasts, they're going to be shooting for those shows. And then you have those medium shows where you might have a 20 to 25% conversion rate. And then down to the small shows where you have that 30 to 40% conversion rate. But if someone's never been on podcasts, sometimes they might come to us and want to be booked on the larger shows right away. And, and that's not necessarily where you want to be. It's okay to start with those smaller shows to get your story down, figure out what you want to say. And then sort of using a piggyback method where you, you, know, you go on a couple of small shows for a couple of months and then you piggyback those, you include those in your pitch and then say, go out to those medium shows. Then once you get on those medium shows, include those in your pitch and then go target those large shows. And then of course, once you get on those large shows, then you substitute those out into your pitch so that people can say, oh, he's been on you know, this so-and-so show. I can recognize that. Obviously, if that host had him on, then it's worth me having him on as well. And it's just using that piggyback method across the way. And I don't want anyone to become discouraged when thinking that they can get on all these large shows. It's not going to be the easiest thing in the world. And that's why we really focus on those small, medium-sized shows and then you know, sprinkling in those large shows as well. It's, you can imagine there's tons and tons of real estate investors going out there, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you can't get booked on these shows. Absolutely. And um, I'm going to share uh, one of my mini secrets as well. And it's something that my network has done for a long time. I don't think I've pitched myself to a single podcast. Every single time I, I run across a guest that's super, uh, we just connect and we align on so many different levels. What we, what we often tend to do is uh, we often tend to keep in contact and the more shows they go on, they'll recommend me to those shows and then I'll recommend them to the shows that I go on. So I've been organically been able to grow the amount of shows that I go on just through the people that I know, right? So again, this is something that it's very, very, it's very off track and I don't want a lot of you guys who have no desire to even want to start a builder platform to even think about this. But if it's something that you know it's in your wheelhouse, something you've been considering doing, um, it's been the way that I've been getting on all the shows that I get on. It's just through word of mouth, just through, through referral. Hey, connect, connect me with this person, I'll connect with this person and so on and so forth. But just another, uh, just another tool to add to your tool belt. I love how you broke down metrics like that. That was really clear, vivid, and it's it's anywhere from from forty percent on downwards. When we get to the, some of the top higher ranking podcasts, it's more like five percent, which I totally get. One other side tangent: it hasn't been a desire of mine yet, but I know that I would eventually want to 
um, want to get some of the bigger names on my show. So this is a very different mm-hmm. angle, right? So let's just say I wanted to get Grant Cardone on my show. Do you have any tips to be able to get something like that done? I think the best thing is reaching out directly via Instagram. And the reason I did that, and actually I had done that method to my own podcast to get some of the bigger names on the show. Basically, I would go to their Instagram and I would go on their page and I would type in hi at, and then at Grant Cardone's handle. I would love to have you on my podcast as a guest. I've sent you a DM with more information. And then in the DM, I would say, hi, Grant, my podcast is before the millions. This is the listenership. This is my email subscriber list. Any metrics that you can share with them? You know, I'd love to have you on a guest. These are some of the previous guests that we've had. And then really reaching out via social media. And I found that to be more impactful for getting guests on the show than necessarily reaching out versus going on their website for whatever reason. I just found that, you know, some of these entrepreneurs, they're super successful online, but when it comes to a following, they may only have a couple of thousand followers and it might be a little bit easier to get access to them, reaching out to them via social media. And it's just a simple trick like that. And I had to have, I remember when I had run, been running my own show, I used that trick a lot and I was able to get introduced or meet a lot of different people just by reaching out to them via on Instagram versus reaching out to their website where I hadn't necessarily heard back from them. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, um, I had a guest on my show maybe about a, a year ago who, who talked about actually getting Grant on his show. And he kind of used uh, some of the formulas that we're, we're talking about today, right? You talk about starting with some of the smaller podcasts and then working your way up to some of the medium-sized podcasts and the well-known ones. So that's what he did, but he did that inside of Grant's inner circle. So it was mm-hmm. like by the time he got to Grant, he interviewed Elena, Grant's wife. He interviewed uh, Jared, uh, one of Grant's oh, yep. you know, Side, uh, side, side guys and ultimately it was just like dude like I've interviewed any, everybody around you like you're next like obviously you're the next you know it just, it just made sense right so again just another tactic as you work your way up know that you're getting more notoriety you're getting more credibility the more you start from the bottom and you work your way up again same thing with the inner circle you start from the outer circle you work way in the inner circle and then Elena might be the one even like recommend hey Grant go, go on this guy's show because that's exactly what happened to him so I love this I absolutely love this um, is there anything that we're missing anything that you think that these investors should know about getting more exposure about getting that onto the podcast, anything we haven't covered yet. I think one, I think one of the coolest things about getting on podcasts is one, it's cool to network, but two, just the content that you can get created out of it. Mm-hmm. Where especially if you do an interview, I can go in and you know spend, you know, maybe an hour. I could even outsource it for say $10 and I could create a snippet of a minute or two minutes and then go and put it on my social media. I could get the interview transcribed and then pay someone to go in and, and clean it up and make it look like a blog post and then just, you know, tidy it up a little bit more. But I just feel like there's a lot of forms of content that you can use from a podcast interview. It's not just a podcast interview. You can create social media content out of it. You can create blog content out of it. And then once you create blog content, then you can share that with your email list and it becomes email content. So there's like, I feel like there's lots of pillars of content that come out of just a single podcast interview more than just the interview itself. Absolutely. I, hopefully I'll be able to pull out another one and hopefully you have a recommendation for this, but I want to, I know you've given us so many great resources already, but in terms of like recording a video podcast like this, like we're recording video and I just want to send this out to, to, you know, somebody who can cut it up. And like you said, somebody can cut it up for $10 and do this, that, and the third. Do you have any recommendations as to somebody who already does that for podcasts or like a service or maybe Fiverr who like somebody who's like well-versed and like, all right, I'm going to take this out one hour podcast. I'm going to create all these video clips. I'm going to create these, these uh, social media images. Do you, do you have anything like that? So what I use is I used Upwork and through that, basically I found the, I find the time in the interview, you know, the good minute on my, on myself. And then I send the person the full interview and say at the 30 minute mark to the 31st minute mark, I want this to be cut into a video. 
and they'll, they'll cut it into the video and then I have them add transcripts to the to the video. And I find that adding those transcripts, especially if you're on Instagram, let's say someone's in a public place and they don't necessarily want to listen to the video, having those transcripts there is just make it a little bit easier. And just doing that, honestly, it cost me about $10 to send them that video, have them edit it, have them add the transcripts, create the social media caption and post it all for about $10. So it really isn't that much of a service. And because I've tried doing it myself and it takes a long time. Yeah, <laughs> I wouldn't, I wouldn't recommend it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, okay. Awesome. 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 This is all fascinating stuff. And for transcriptions, I have two resources, which you probably know I have Otter and I'll put this in the show notes and then Rev, which is a little bit more expensive than Otter, but they'll, you just feed your, your uh, audio or video file right in there and it'll shoot you your transcription that you can, that's fully customizable and edited uh, in the file format that you needed to, to send off to whoever your freelancer is. So I absolutely love that. This episode is brought to you by the 90X Journal. It is a little known fact that you are 42% more likely to achieve your goals when you write them down consistently. In fact, Forbes describes this as one of the most potent ways to achieve your goals. I actually tried a few of those iPhone journaling apps, but it wasn't the same for me. For some reason, I needed something more visceral, something more concrete. And you can call me old school, or you can look at it as a form of brain hacking. But a physical journal has been key to the consistent achievement of my quarterly goals. The thing, though, about physical journals is that they aren't all made the same. And I ran through just as many different types of journals as I did apps, and none of them checked the boxes. Personally, I needed something that would help me create a step-by-step plan to achieve any goal in 90 days. I needed something that would help me decide on these goals, decipher the most important ones, time block, and then prioritize. And that's when I found the 90X journal, the only journal that not only has a sleek look that demands compliments, but it's not just arm candy. From a vision board, an income tracker, to a 90-day calendar assistant, to habit trackers and affirmations, this journal does it all. And for the BTM tribe, I was able to snag you a sweet discount to try your first one or restock for next quarter. Visit Before the Millions dot com forward slash nine zero x and enter code millions 15 at checkout that's before the millions dot com forward slash 90 x and enter the code millions 15 with the numbers written out one five at checkout now since i've started doing these two things rewriting my goals every single day and using the journal's built-in water consumption tracker i've had a clear mind and clear skin LOL. Again, visit beforethemillions.com forward slash 90x and enter code millions15 at checkout for 15% off of your entire order.